Would you like to strengthen your marriage, encourage your children, and grow your family relationships? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he ignites the flame in your heart for your family. Uh, I get to interview some of the God's choicest people, and uh, and I just have the opportunity to talk to uh, Crawford Loritz. And Crawford, you have a radio broadcast yes. that uh, has a very similar name. It's Living the Legacy. L- living a Legacy. And uh, a legacy. so, uh, boy, what a what an opportune time to have you. We're both here at the uh, Cove right. for the um, conference on revival, Heart Cry for Revival. Um, and, but we're not going to talk about renewal, although we can talk about renewal in relationship to family. But I want us to talk about the family. I've, I've just heard a couple little snippets of some mm-hmm. things you've mm-hmm. shared, and it, it, it really um, got my interest because <laughs> you, you talked about your father. Yeah. Some uh-huh. and, 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 and I've heard you mention your children. And so I was yeah. thinking, you know, legacy and, uh, but, um, tell me, um, first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and right. tell us some about yourself so the folks will get to know right. you. And then, then let's talk about that legacy that was left you and what you want to leave. What kind sure, of legacy? Sure. Well, as you know, Sammy, I, Karen and I spent 27 wonderful years on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ and, during that time, I traveled and spoke on major university campuses across the country, some out of the country, as well as various venues with the, the lay community. Last 10 years or so with Campus Crusade, I was an associate U.S. director, and but 80% of that time roughly was spent in speaking and writing our radio program and this kind of thing, representing the movement in various venues. And about three years or so ago, God began rumbling in our hearts, just this stir there, and uh, that has uh, pushed toward the pastorate. And of course, I try to ignore it because I love Campus Crusade and the ministry and mm-hmm. the freedom, <clears throat> but I couldn't ignore it. And uh, so long story short, uh, back in September of uh, 2005, Karen and I became, well, I became the senior pastor of a wonderful church outside of Atlanta called Fellowship Bible Church. Well, I tell you what, uh, I, I remember meeting you. It seems like I was speaking at a Campus Crusade yes. event in Austin. Yes, area. that's right. And my book, The Prayer Factor, that's right. had, had just come out. And I remembered that your heart was a heart for prayer. Yes. I, I just, yeah. you know, in that, that encounter yeah. that we had, I just remember that that was a well, that That, that book made a profound impact on the whole national leadership of Campus Crusade. So I remember when it came out, Chuck Klein, I really believe, was the one who was over our student venture high school right. ministry. His heart was captured, and Chuck was on the national leadership team, of course, and he passed that thing out, and uh, it made an impact on all of us. So we couldn't wait to hear you, and we weren't disappointed. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Campus Crusade has paid, played a, a great role in my life. Yeah. You know, early on, um, interesting little caveat here. Uh, I was one of the first students from Louisiana to go out to Airhead Springs. Oh, my goodness. And uh, so we went out there, a group of us did, came back. And I, I started a college, I don't know if they, what they call them now, but it was college life meetings yeah, right, back right, then right, and, right. Uh, uh, at Southeastern Louisiana University. And that's where I met my wife. The first time I ever saw my wife was at a Campus Crusade college life meeting. So we were responsible for bringing you and Tex together. That's right. That's why I had to write a book and give it to you guys. <laughs> I owed you, man, big time. So uh, uh, it was great. But tell us about your family. Tell us right, about... Right. Uh, both your family now and you're growing up a little bit. Start yeah. off with your family now. You have children, grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah, Karen and I have been married now for almost 35 years. I mean, she deserves combat pay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's Yeah, we've got uh, four wonderful children. They're all grown. Our oldest son is a pastor in Memphis. And uh, he and his wife have our three grandchildren, our three mm-hmm. grandsons. Quentin's five. Uh, 
Miles is three and a half, and little baby Jaden is a year old. And then we have a daughter. She and her husband moved from Atlanta to Memphis, and she is the church administrator at our mm. oldest son's church. And her husband is the worship pastor. Wow! So they're over there. And then our youngest son, Brendan, he's uh, he'll be twenty-five in a couple of weeks, and he uh, graduated from Moody's. Uh, uh, Moody Biblist in, in Chicago. He's a youth pastor at a large church there in Chicago and finishing up his master's at Trinity Seminary and got married a year ago. And then our youngest daughter, uh, Holly, is graduating from Xavier University in New Orleans and on her way to medical school. Well, now, uh, what is the situation with schooling there in New Orleans? Yeah, that- uh, uh, yeah, uh, she, uh, it's a miracle that she, they went back in January, but you know, the whole first semester obviously right. was just, uh, was lost and you know they to the school's credit less than adequate facilities and everything else and i think they lost about a third of their faculty wow uh, but she was able to get through and um you know in fact she finished up a little bit early you know god is so good uh, holly was ahead of schedule mm-hmm. and so for her it wasn't a big thing uh so much she just had a few more classes but um, it's they opened up, and there's a high level of commitment, and they've had to work around a few things. But uh, well, you know, just in your sharing that, I know there must be incredible joy mm. in your heart to see your kids. Uh, it sounds like uh, you know, as as much as we can know, <laughs> they love the Lord, and, yeah. and they're trying to follow Him. And I, I can't think of any greater joy than that. That's right. But you know, for yourself, you know, the old line. Uh, we take too much credit when they make right choices and too yeah. much blame when they don't. So, <laughs> and, 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 and the truth is that it's never finished until it's finished. There, there, <laughs> you there know? that's it. The, exactly. In fact, I'll be honest with you, and I'll be honest with those of you who are listening to this webcast. Uh, people had encouraged me to do something on the family for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the Lord had been working. I said, Man, I don't even want to think about it until my kids are married anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Karen and I have been procrastinating for years. Uh, they, they've asked us to write a book on the family, on, on character development, this kind of thing. And so we said, nah, we just want to see how this batch kind of turns out. But the other year we did finally write a, one of the Home Builders Bible Study series. We co-authored that on character. But, uh, you know, you've got to write that stuff with, yes, great confidence in the Word of God, but also great humility. That's too, right. You know? That's right. And, uh, and, and, you know, my son is in ministry called Ambassadors for Christ, a discipleship oh, ministry. Yes. And very similar to your family, my daughter works with him. Oh, my and goodness. So, uh, and then they're both married. My son has two children and a third one on the way. So oh, we just, we have a great time. Uh, both our grandchildren are named after great missionaries, Hudson Taylor yeah. and Amy Carmichael's. And, and boy, I tell you what, I, those grandkids just give you so much joy oh, and have so much fun with them. And, uh, uh, <laughs> that day my, uh, son took the first time, uh, they took a week's vacation, mm. uh, and left the grandkids, uh, their first time to be away from for, I think it was eight days. So they, uh, his wife's parents are mm-hmm. in San Antonio also. Yeah. So they're going to leave, uh, them for four days with them and four days with us. Yeah. And then something happened with their parents. They couldn't do it. Uh, her parents, and so we got them the whole eight days. Oh my and goodness! I, I told my wife I, when, when we started, I said, "Look, this is the least we can do for our kids." And about five days into it, I said, "Honey, this is the most we can do for our kids." <laughs> well, we did the same thing over Christmas, and I uh, I had this I had this ostrich egg that I bought back years ago from South Africa. It's carved and this kind of thing. 
That egg survived the trip from South Africa. It survived the move to where we are right now. But it could not survive that middle grandson. <laughs> well, they, they are so much fun. Yeah. Tell me, you know, I, I heard you talk about your dad, and I know that a lot of what's in you yes. uh, uh, came from your relationship with your father. My father became sick when I was just very young, mm, died mm, mm. and uh, before my wife and I were ever mm. married. So I really never knew my grandparents, mm. uh, my father. It was like a, it wasn't mm-hmm. a single uh, parent home, but it was like that because mm-hmm. he was sick all right, the time. Right. What? Tell me about your father and what it was like to grow up in a home with someone yeah. who, who walked with the Lord and loved the Lord. Yeah, and that's yeah. my understanding. Yes, of right, so right, tell, right. tell me about that. Well, it goes back a little further than that. You know, I kind of tell you the whole story. Okay. And I'm, I'm a very uh, fortunate, and I shouldn't say fortunate, very blessed man. Mm-hmm. I, and I, never, I didn't appreciate all of this until I got in my later teens and early 20s when I began to really understand the impact of our, our background. Um, you know, we're here at the Cove, and driving up here at the Cove just triggered a ton of memories. A little bit down the road is Conover, North Carolina, where my um, my dad was born and raised. But mm. my great-grandfather, his name was Peter. He was a slave. Mm. And um, <clears throat> now my dad is was the youngest boy of 14 kids, and he was born in 1914. Mm. And so... Um, uh, it, he remembered Peter, and uh, my dad said he died when he was like seven or eight years old. My father mm. was seven or eight years old. So all these incredible stories, but Peter loved Jesus, mm. and he was illiterate. Uh, couldn't read or couldn't write. Stories go from my aunt and my dad that uh, he used to make his children and grandchildren read them familiar passages of Scripture just over and wow. over and over again, wow. and that committed them just about to memory. And uh, he loved the Lord, and he printed my my grandfather and my grandfather's brother brother uncle great uncle hp and aunt georgia my grandfather's sister with the gospel and uh a love for jesus so my grandfather milton uh, you know he was a sunday school superintendent at the church mm. there today thomas chapel amy zion mm. church and second street in conover north carolina was built on the land that my grandfather gave wow. Uh, wow to the church and and uh so we have a long legacy of that my my dad, you know, he uh, played baseball in the old Negro Leagues. And in uh, mm. early 40s, he had a, uh, in the offseason, you know, those old boys had to play, had to work. Yeah. I mean, in the offseason, there was a, a an explosion in one of the coal mines where he worked, and he lost his right eye. He and mom had just been married, I think, less than a year before that happened. Then they all moved up to New Jersey, and that's where all of us kids were born. And But my father um, was no, I mean, no, he was no public figure, no... Uh, real outgoing personality, but a man of quiet strength and character. Mm-hmm. Uh, tough in, in, in the appropriate <clears throat> sense of the term. Uh, never doubted his presence, never doubted who mm-hmm. was the head of the house, although he was, he was not, I mean, he was loving and right. all of that. Uh, loved Jesus and imprinted our lives, but he preached with his life. Uh, somebody asked me not long ago, what was his number one character trait? And I, I wrote a book entitled, uh, um, I never walk away. Lessons on integrity from a father mm-hmm. who lived it. My father was a man of impeccable integrity. You know, mm-hmm. Sam, if he looked you in the eye and told you that he was going to do something, he would just about die rather than break that promise. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how he lived his life. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just really blessed to have grown up with this line of strong male leadership. Let me ask you, and, and um, you know, th- this is about the family, but I think that there's some things that play into that. 
he he must have grown up in a very tumultuous time. Yes, he did. Uh, racially. Yeah. Was there any bitterness in his heart uh, in that in that way? I mean, it, no one could blame him if no. there was, but I mean, it, it, was there any? And that's a remarkable thing. That's a remarkable thing about my dad and my mother hmm. and my mother. This is unbelievable. None whatsoever. In fact, and this is hard for people to believe today, we grew up in Newark, New Jersey, in a multi-ethnic working class community hmm. right in the inner city. I mean, on the first floor lived the Philobacchus family, which was a Greek family. Hmm. And we used to celebrate birthdays together. They'd be upstairs with us. I went to school with John San Giovanni, hmm. Italian kids. Hmm. We played Little League baseball together. My father, I, I don't completely know where he got it from. But, you know, maybe it was his dad. Um, he he did not like us making excuses, particularly particularly if they were racially driven. Now, he understood the times. I mean, he understood racism. Right. And he, you know, helped us to understand the dynamics of the culture and right. the reality of the world. <clears throat> but he wouldn't allow us to use the N-word, referring to our own folks in a slang mm -hmm. way. He, he, my parents, even our parents would allow us to put all white people in the category, speak mm -hmm. in generic terms when we were upset about stuff. And, uh, and I don't, I can't answer your question. I don't exactly know where he got it from. Uh, um, it sounds as though he had a great sense of dignity. Yes. Of, of sense of, of, of not just about himself, but about people in general. Yeah. That he looked at people in, in a very, with, with a great deal of dignity. And just from what you're describing yeah. to me. But you know, you're saying a profound thing though there, Sammy, because I, I think we underestimate the influence of parents in terms of perspective on life. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, you know, all of us kids, I mean, as you got, got old, somebody would call you the N-word or mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, you, you, you couldn't mm -hmm. help it. And my dad would tell us there's this old line, it's, it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to, boy. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so this reaffirmation that, yes, yeah, somebody mm -hmm. may have called you that, but you know who you are. Yeah, yeah. And when it's powerful when you have authority figures in your life affirming who you are. Right. It can help you battle against all kinds of voices out there. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, um, I mean, that's just, just how he approached things. You know, and, and, and I see in you uh, a certain strength, and, and my guess is a lot of it comes from him. And I, I think I want to make real clear that God has many children, Absolutely. but not one grandchild. So we, we, all have to, we all have our own encounter with the Lord. Yeah. But I do think that the molding of our character and the shaping of our character to a great extent comes from uh, our family and, and if there is not that, for instance, I, I didn't, as I mentioned, my, my father was sick. It wasn't yeah. a matter of him forsaking me or anything like that, but he was just right. sick uh, and gone in the hospital right, a lot right. of times. Uh, but, you know, when I became a Christian, I said, God, I don't know how to be the yeah. husband you yeah. want me to be. Yeah. I don't know how to be, the, I don't yeah, have an right, example right, right. <clears throat> because I, I didn't grow up with this. And the Lord just spoke to my heart and I gave myself during my early days of marriage to this, he said, son, look to Jesus and he'll tell you how to be a husband and look to me and I'll show you how to be a father. And, that's nice. uh, and that's yeah. what I, I mean, I've studied the fatherhood of God Amen. and the husbandhood, if you call it that, of, uh, of Jesus and, and just said, Lord, help me to be like this. And Don't you think, Sammy, we, <clears throat> we, we give too much credit to dysfunction? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I look at my great grandfather. I often, this is a mystery. When we get to heaven, I, I really, um, 
you know, where he got this love and commitment to his family is, I don't know, from a sociological perspective, right. coming out of slavery, right. we don't have any record of who his mother was or we, we don't, we're lost with, with all that stuff. And yet, for whatever reason, if the stories are accurate, the old boy got it from God or someplace mm. that yeah. he needed to love his wife, he needed to love his kids. And uh, so, I, you know, we're all dysfunctional. That's right. Every last one of us. And so God is able to break through you, 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 In your message uh, last night, you mentioned the, about the stain. Yeah. And we've all got the stain of dysfunction. It's yes. sin yes. on us. And, and only Christ. And the thing is, I mean, and of course, I'm, I'm in no way shaped like you. We started off here. I mean, I'm so far from being the, the husband and oh, the yeah. father that the God wants here. me to be. But I can, I, I know this, that God put it together for my wife and I, and he's kept it together. Mm-hmm. We've depended on him. When we got married, mm-hmm. we gave each other a Bible, and we mm-hmm. went down the beach, and we read and prayed and mm-hmm. read and prayed and read and prayed. And we dedicated our marriage to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we've dedicated our kids to the Lord, and, and we failed each other. And mm-hmm. we, we, we had lots of crying <laughs> sessions asking each other to forgive <laughs> each other. And, and you know, but, yeah. but God has been there Amen. in the midst of two dummies who knew nothing <laughs> about this, and yet God has been there to, to sustain us. You, you know what, Sammy? I tell you, I, now I, I gotta give a little disclaimer here to those who are looking <laughs> at this. But, um, and I, and I also have to say, I believe in, in these marriage conferences that Karen and I speak at, mm-hmm. Family Life Marriage Conferences. We're on the board of their organization, committed to it, and this kind of thing. But sometimes I think if we're not careful, we can allow the conferences and the content to become the solution rather than God himself yeah. using that. Yeah. I mean, I look at you and I look at myself. You know, the truth of the matter is we didn't go to a whole lot of marriage conferences. Yeah. I mean, I read a book and had a little brief time with our pastor. But other than that, it was our commitment to Jesus that help us to overcome the mistakes. I mean, yeah. I, I hurt Karen. She hurt me. We did things wrong. I mean, we had kids. I yelled at the wrong kid and probably spanked <laughs> the wrong one. <laughs> like the doctor cut off the wrong arm, huh? <laughs> That's right. So, uh, well, you know, I, I'll tell you the, probably the deepest work in our marriage that, and I know the folks have heard me share some about this before, but the deepest work in, in, in our marriage took place in Han, Germany mm-hmm. when I was a pastor there. But the way that came about was, I didn't know what, but I knew it's a certain point in my life. I'd been in evangelism, itinerant, mm-hmm. 10 years, and I knew there was something wrong, something deeper that God needed to do, and I knew it couldn't be done while I was traveling. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a study on the life of Moses, three 40-year periods, and uh, and I saw that Moses had to go into the wilderness for 40 years before God revealed himself. And I said, Lord, put me somewhere. Nobody knows me. Mm. Nobody's ever heard of me. And I was called to be pastor of the Han Baptist Church mm-hmm. in Han, Germany, which means Chicken Baptist Church in Chicken Germany, out in the boondocks, <laughs> American military community. But that was the... No, I don't know if anybody ever counseled me in marriage counseling to do that, but that was the best thing yeah. for me because yeah. we got out there and got away and we we had to deal with issues that we had never dealt with before when we got away from the hustle bustle of all the big ministry that we had going on and and God was able to to meet with us and and there were some really tough times but he met with us and mm-hmm. and um and I'm convinced that I wouldn't be doing today what I'm doing had I not gone through that period of yeah. time in yeah. in Germany yeah. there so 
So, you know, we, we, I think you're right. I think we miss the sufficiency of Christ. Now, it's true. There's wisdom and victory in a multitude of counselors. So we need help from others and we need to, absolutely, absolutely. That, that balance, but it needs to point us back to to the source. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I'm getting ready to start a series at our church on, uh, on the family, you Mm -hmm. know, um, family matters is what we're calling Mm -hmm. it. And, uh, um, the first place I wanted to start uh, is to talk about 101, mm. that, you know, your children will never become any greater than who you are. Mm-hmm. And the greatest gift that we could ever give to our children or to our, to our wives or husbands or whatever is our own personal, reliant, broken, dependent relationship with God. That's where it all starts. But what hurts my heart, Sammy, is that I think that... Uh, We've gotten too cute and too sophisticated these days that we make assumptions about that and we go jump to the seven things that we need to do or the 12th. And they may be wonderful things that we, in yeah. fact, and indeed need to do. But we, we kind of underestimate or play down the role of the supernatural and my spiritual disciplines to every relationship in life. Yeah. And that's where it starts. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm, you're saying that I'm reminded of our, my wife and uh, she's just been a woman of prayer and mm. probably the only reason we're where we're at right now is because mm-hmm. she has been that kind of that kind of lady you know and uh, she'd have her quiet time in the mornings there in Germany and our daughter see it was 78 and she was about three years old two or three years old you know what two or three mm-hmm. year olds are like and uh, but my wife would tell her uh, we had a little German cuckoo clock, you know, and she says, when the cuckoo, I want you to sit down and you read your little book here and mommy's going to have her quiet time. And when the cuckoo cuckoos, then you can come and talk to mommy. <laughs> so our daughter grew up watching her mother have her quiet time, That's right. you know, and, and, uh, and, and just, I, I think th- those are the kind of legacy yes, things, absolutely. you know, absolutely. Um, but, but tell me what character you said was character. From your father, your mother, I assume, yes, also yes, loved the uh-huh. Lord. From your parents, what one thing do you see that has made an impact on your life that they left with you? With dad, with pop, it was, I call him pop. With pop, mm-hmm. it was integrity, um, obviously, and just quiet strength. And uh, always have more under the counter than you do have on display. Mm-hmm. And so the integrity piece, his his Christianity was more of a private kind of thing, but mm. it overflowed. I mean, he was a follower. Right. With my mother, it was a prayer life. Mm. I mean, my mother, uh, she literally would get on her knees and pray and call our names out to God. And mm. I can't tell you, uh, even now, talking about this is pretty emotional because uh, the picture of her walking by her bedroom and hearing my name called out to God saved me from a lot of stuff that I was getting ready to get into as a teenager. Mm. And, uh, you know, so it was her prayer life, her dependency upon God. My dad was his character. And those those things have just kind of flowed into my life. Uh, you know, I think we're going to be amazed when we get to heaven yeah. at the prayers of grandmothers and yes. mothers that that brought us before the throne of God. And you know what? The truth is it ought to be fathers and grandfathers, yeah, exactly. too. You know, and I, I want to be that for my for my children yeah. and uh for my grandchildren, you know, just to, to be someone who brings them before the Lord. If nothing else happens in my life in ministry, I, I want to really cover in my lifetime my, my kids and grandkids yeah, with, yeah. in prayer and uh, bringing them before the Lord. Hey, let me reverse that then. What What do you hope for your children that you will have imparted to them, mm. you and your wife? 
Well, you know, um, Psalm 78 has really been an anchor for us. Um, you know, that's a children yet to be born. Mm-hmm. Uh, will put their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but obey his commandments. And tell you a little story I've said to each one of our, all four of our kids when we dropped them off to college. I would uh, tell them, number one, remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I would whisper these two words in their ears. Obey God. Mm. Obey God. Mm. Uh, you don't have to do me proud. You don't have to do anybody else proud. But I just want you to obey God. And, uh, you know, I heard a guy say uh, years ago, if you want to leave your footprints in the sands of time, you got to wear work boots. Mm. And so every day of my life, I pray that I don't become a stumbling block to their spiritual development mm. and that there's a handoff to the mm. next generation. Um, you know, we get so tied up, and I know you and I, we were in the seminar the other day, the workshop the other day, and I made this observation. We get so tied up with where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, even as parents and grandparents, our moment in history, that we fail to see that faith is a continuum. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there comes a point in time in every person's life, particularly in a man's life, when he gets on the south side of 45, he ought to be hitting the dividend years of his life mm-hmm. where you really have more in the rearview mirror than you do out of the windscreen, right. you know. And so you have to be thinking in terms of preparing this generation for a time that you cannot see. Right. So it's parenting from the grave. And, and the only thing that's going to last forever is God. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, my hope for my kids is that they will listen to the voice of God, do his assignments for their generation, and to be all that he wants them to be. You know, you, you said something that um, uh, really quickened me because um, my wife, if, if our kids will remember her, they'll have it written on her grave. <laughs> okay, Every time they went out, she, whether on a date or with friends or whatever, she would always say, remember who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she, would, she would say that to them all the time. But, uh, you, you know, I look at your life and your story, your grandfather and your father, Mm. And remember who you are, you know, and the dignity that we talked about that, mm. I, you know, I didn't know them, but I, I sensed yeah, just in our yeah. visit, they knew who they were in yeah, Christ. That's right. They knew who they were in Christ. And, you, and you know, uh, and that's a that's a holy, humble dignity. Yes. And that's not a contradiction right. in terms. And uh, it's not the product of a bank account. It's right. not a product of pedigree. It's not a product of education. Mm. You know, it is the image of God that's stamped yeah. on every human being. Yeah. That it is that sense of broken worth yeah. that you operate from. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, I had a friend who was telling me that, uh, someone close to him was dying and very wealthy. And, mm. uh, for the last few months, every day he would ask him, uh, what's my worth? What's my net worth? And his whole value, his whole worth mm-hmm. was in, how many assets he had. That's a terrible way to die. Oh my goodness. It's a terrible way to die. And, but when you know your worth in Christ, uh, to die as the Lord, I have a friend who was supposed to be at this conference. Uh, and on Sunday he had a massive heart attack and, um, he, I, called on Tuesday and talked to his son and uh, his son was standing right out the ICU room and his son told me something and what a legacy his son told me. He said, uh, as they were wheeling dad into the operating room, uh, we were, he looked up and saw us, and of course we were all crying. And mm-hmm. and he said, 
Don't worry, guys. This is a win-win situation. Oh, <laughs> if I die, I'm going to heaven. If yeah. I live, I'm back here with you guys. So this is win-win. So, and, yeah. and that's the kind of eternal perspective that I want to leave Amen. Uh, for, for my Amen. children. Crawford, thank you so much for taking thank the time to, to visit with the people who come to our website, people from all over the world, Singapore, Malaysia, mm. South Africa, from uh, Iran. We have scores of people from Iran oh who speak English and oh will come to our site. And um, so uh, I know that they will all be blessed and encouraged, and, and I just pray that the Lord will uh, take you and your family. God doesn't have any grandchildren, only children, but as you are his child, you can impart something of character and life to your family. We'll pray for you. God bless you. Thank, Thank you, Crawford. You. Thank you. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.